Okay. I think we're good now. It says we're good now. Yes. All right, let's try this again. It says we're good. I think we're good. Hey! All right. Third time's a charm. Look at that 30 hey! FPS beauty. Hey, we're here. Uh, only 14 minutes late. But welcome to Talking Heads, everyone. Episode 235, your once-week live show for the latest in beer and tech news. I'm Jeff. I'm John. Welcome to the show, everyone. Thank you all so much for bearing with us and my OBS headaches. Uh, and joining us on this Wednesday night or in podcast form over on Anchor.fm or wherever your favorite podcasts are found. If you've never seen the show before, we talk beer, we talk tech, we talk games, pop culture, entertainment, usually some Star Trek. We read all Super Chats on the air so long as they will not permanently demonetize my channel. We drink alcohol on the show, and if you're drinking along with us, alcoholic or not, let us know in the chat and we'll give some early show shoutouts as we go along. Last but not least, if you'd like to take part in the super secret chat and the even more super secret after party, think about heading over to the Patreon. Link is down in the video description. As a bonus, you'll get exclusive access to the Discord server, where you can chat with myself, John, Rhett, Steve, all the hosts from Talking Heads, and join the awesome community that hangs out over there. Ah! There we go! Okay. Uh, I was going to open with an IPA, but I think I'm going to go straight to the little can. <laughs> I mean, we can. I got no problem with that. I, I, I got no problem with it, and it sounds really good to me. Uh, so John and I were discussing like what we wanted to drink tonight, and John goes, "Well, I've got two IPAs, and I've got well, I've got two IPAs out." And he, then he goes, "Then I have this little can that's like sixteen and a half percent." And I went, "You know what? I'm gonna put back my my third like alternate beer, and I'm gonna go grab like I also have like a little can that's like absurdly high." Uh, and it turns out they're from the same brewery. <laughs> yes. Uh, so from Hop and Frog is the Chorus the Quasher. Uh, it is a quadruple imperial stout clocking in at 15.7%. Uh, yeah. Uh, the Super Extreme Quadruple Oatmeal Russian Imperial. Quadruple oatmeal Russian-style imperial stout will tantalize, engulf, and quash your taste buds like no other. Dry hopped and first wort hopped with aromatic American hops to create a one great and memorable imperial stout. Akron, Ohio. I'm betting that thing is going to be thick. Yep. So, John, uh, what do you have from uh, from Hop and Frog Brewing? Well, I t yes, uh, I have Hop and Frog, and I have their... Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, my God, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, I got one of those. I think I have the same glass. There we go. There we go. I have uh, Hop and Frog's Den Hag. It is their triple uh, English-style old ale whiskey barrel-aged. Uh, 16.8%. Uh, English style and pure old ale. Yeah. So a delicious oh, wow. new experience. Figs, molasses, leather. Oh, yeah. Right. Holy viscosity, Batman. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that is mud. Are you sure that's not used oil? Uh, <laughs> yeah, dirty motor oil. Uh -huh. Um. Oh, man. Oh yeah. Even your English ale is <laughs> Oh, I can smell it so thick. Um so I, I tasted mine. Like I, I 
sipped the the rim of the of the can real quick. Uh-huh. That's just straight up grain alcohol. Like, oh, that is a. Uh... Are you sure this isn't shouldn't be called sipping frog? Mm-hmm. Oh man, it's really good though. Like I I bought this one because. It's so oh. different than, you know, you always get the stouts. It was an English ale, an old ale. I was like, oh, yeah. I haven't had one of yeah. those in forever. It's so good. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, yeah. I'm literally about to sneeze. <laughs> <That> <laughs> Ooh, there's a bit of, there's alcohol, though. That, there's a grain yeah. heat to it at the back. There is. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. Aroma, uh, though. Put some hair on your chest and simultaneously burn it off. Mm. Uh, I'm, I'm glad it's only eight ounces. Yes. That's kind of why I got these is because normally like a 15.7, it would sit in my fridge and since COVID for like three years. Yeah, exactly. Like, none of the giant bombers, and I mean, like, the 15 and up percentage bombers that I've bought since 2020 have ever been opened. Uh, so, yeah, I, I'm really glad this came in at 8 ounce, so I actually have a chance of uh, enjoying it. I know, I love it. I, it. I think I did a video a long time ago of, like, talking about an 8 ounce canned beer and being like, this is so wonderful. Why don't more breweries do this? And then I also kind of thought, well, it's probably, you know, there's probably more money in labeling. Uh, maybe, I, I don't know. Other than that, I don't think there would be harder, but they would sell more. And I could buy two or three, open one fresh, open one after two years, open one after five years. Yeah. You know, or, or you make a four pack of it or then whatever i just and then sell it at the same price as the bomber because it's still the same ounce count um but that's probably what it is is you know there's more sticker labeling um yeah i do know the person that does canning here in oregon says that they are a big pain to adjust the machines to be that size and to yeah. program them yeah. to fill that little um that could be one of the things too but this was also five years ago so maybe the you know technology is caught up just a, a quick a quick little software update yeah the thing with um canning carbonated liquids is it's always a little bit of an imprecise metric uh because of the pressure and because of how you typically will pump a liquid in it's you can either do a gravity feed you can do a systolic pump, you can do an active pump, you can do a whole bunch of different ways to get it out of the vat in which you brewed and, and produced it into cans. And all of them like to jostle around the little CO2 bubbles that are just waiting to be let loose. Yeah. Uh, and so depending on your, your carbonation process, depending on the pressure, depending on the, uh, the gravity of the liquid itself, there are so many various factors. And getting a smaller volume is actually one of the more difficult things to do, which is why a lot of the, the big beers come in big bottles. It's, yep. it's an easier thing to do. It's an easier way to can them. It looks like uh, in our super secret chat in the discord, John Jay also is joining us with a hop and frog, small, tiny beer. Nice. Uh, the quasher. Nice. 
Yeah, the chorus quasher. Yeah, mine's the uh, chorus the quasher uh, quadruple imperial stout. His looks very similar. Uh, could just be a different year. Yeah. Again, yeah, you can you can easily um, yeah age these. Yep. All right. Uh, let's first off shout outs in the chat. Uh, uh, we've got Sir Tech Tech Potato and Jeff Gearling uh, hanging around in chat. So uh, howdy y'all, hey guys. Good to see everyone here. Uh, 26 terabyte drive, external or internal. Uh, we'll get to it. It's part of the news. We'll, we'll get there. We, we, we're just a little late. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so since we're late, we are going to skip the beer introductions and just dive straight into the news because this is about when we'd be getting into it anyway. Yeah. Uh, starting with NVIDIA has a new graphics card launching, but probably not the one that you expected to see right away. And that is the GeForce GTX 1630. Yeah, the small boy is making a return. Uh, I'm actually kind of excited for this. Actually, so am I. I, I like low-power graphics cards, especially yeah. if they if they come in under $100. Um, and so with AMD recently releasing the, uh, the RX 6400, there is room in the low-end market again for a little bit of competition. And I've always kind of liked the 30 series cards, at least going back to um, uh, Pascal, going, going 10, back to the 1030. 1030, um, yeah, sorry. So yeah, I can't... Well, you did a video on a 1030, didn't you? Uh, yeah. A low-budget PC. Yeah, yeah. Drop a 1030 into, uh, into a small form factor business PC, and you've got yourself, you know, something that's well and above, or, or at least on par with like a Vega 8 back in the day. Yeah. And that was before Vega 8 came out. Um, now, I mean, modern APUs are definitely faster than a 1030, especially after they went to DDR4 instead of GDDR5. Uh, but, um, yeah, the... Well, that's what this would essentially kind of take over, though. Yeah. It, it is all of that. Um, and like you're saying, if it is over the price point, now, they don't have any specs that were released. It was just basically, uh, I think this was even just a rumored announcement, wasn't it? Correct. Uh, like, yeah. oh, an almost confirmed rumor announcement um so we don't really have any prices they are assuming it's going to be under the 200 dollars mark or, or around the same um price as what is it the uh 30 uh 60 something like that yeah or not uh, the, yeah no, no, no. the same uh, what they're where did it? it said something around the price point in the um, but this was just speculation right well the price point of the 6400 uh, is coming in at about 160 bucks, which honestly is way more than that card should ever be worth. Um, 3050, sorry, that's what I was saying. Yeah, the 3050 is still well and above. Um, honestly, it's probably going to come out for um, over $100. It shouldn't, but it will. Uh, I, well, I'm betting that they're going to announce it when they get the specs, and they'll be like, Retail one twenty nine ninety nine, yeah. and then you know shelving market will be one sixty nine one seventy nine. Yeah, you know what that we see. So you really, we're probably going to see under the two hundred dollar mark, which then bang for that buck is like, eh, I don't know, for fifty dollars more, I could get something better. Right, right. Um, now one thing to, to keep in mind is that the thirty series card, at least the 
the the 930 um the 730 the 1030 they've never had uh envink encoding and so it wasn't a card that you could buy and drop into like a plex server and handle all of your video encoding needs uh you you had to go with either a 50 series card so 950 1050 1050 ti or higher uh or go with a quadro lineup card something like a uh, a p400 a p620 those were very popular cards for nvidia encoding back in the day um still are i i've got gosh i think two p400s a, a p620 and a p1000 um all on hand uh so yeah uh I would be very interested, even over a hundred dollars, if the sixteen thirty came with Envig, uh, because that would open it up to the home market as a very affordable uh, next gen processing card that undercuts the the T four hundred Nvidia Quadro, uh, and you know gets you a pretty yep. decent video encoder. Yeah, no, I, I, well, again, I was looking forward to something like this too, because if it is under that that price point too, and it is a decent encoder, because now it's a little bit more of the modern tech um, GPUs that we're gonna be expecting. Um, you know, this is gonna get back to that whole I need a budget gaming PC realm, mm -hmm. and this is something I can go and show my you know ten year old nephew who's like. Uh, mom i want to build a gaming pc and then i go to her like okay here's the price point you know don't buy him another xbox or something like that this is really what's going to last them a couple more years which will then teach him something if he yep. wants to get into gaming or whatnot um it, it is i love these things because i've I, a couple years ago back yeah when it was the 1030 ti uh, i did sell it or sold people on the concept of your video essentially you know you go buy this used business computer and you just drop this low form factor pc right. boom 250 you have your kid uh a gaming pc that can do 1080p 30 frames mm -hmm. you know um and or 60 cheaper. or 80 depending on the yeah. game <laughs> and it, it was cheaper than a brand new console at the time and it's like this is there you go and i ended up like three people and ended up buying something like oh this is a great starter pc for them yeah and so really really looking forward to just seeing what this can do what the specs will be uh, i know this is not the gpu everyone kind of wants or cares about but i don't know i i think i think there's enough computer geeks out there that are have families or friends and this <laughs> might be a car that they're like look this is your entry this is what you're going to want yeah so Especially know, with as dry as the market has been. <laughs> exactly. I think this might be a, a bit more of a hidden gem than people might be thinking. Yeah. Uh, these low-end cards typically are some hidden gems, especially for entry-level gamers who may not know how to buy a used graphics card or what graphics card they should even shop for. Uh, yeah. The numbers and the generations aren't necessarily laid out in layman's terms for everyone to understand. Uh, and so going to the store and just buying the one of the cheapest brand new graphics cards. Um, now, number one, you still have to do some research because you don't want to walk out of there with a GT710, uh, <laughs> which is still on store shelves. Uh, it's got triple fans. It's got to be fast. <laughs> you know, an HD7750 or something, but uh, which is also still on store shelves. Uh, but, uh, you know, as long as you can say, hey, 
1630 is is one of the newest cards from Nvidia. It's 100 $125. It could be a good deal for some entry level gaming PCs. Yeah. And also too like uh if they don't know anything about gaming PCs or anything and uh they buy their own power supply or something. This this would hopefully uh, I think they're saying in, they're expecting around the 70 watt. Yeah. Uh you know, I I so that would be kind of nice, you know, you might not need a really big power supply or or that second uh, you know power input mm -hmm. so uh, a couple super chats to get to american cosworth sends over two dollars thank you very much sir uh the cranky sysadmin says hello uh is this the infamous reddit cranky sysadmin uh or or is this a different cranky sysadmin because to be fair they're all cranky <laughs> <laughs> i was cranky i'm still cranky um but uh, hello, all the same. Uh, Denver sends over $5. 3D TVs and projectors just got uh, competent as they were killed. Passive 3D really needed 4K to look decent. And I can't think of only two 4K passive TVs ever. Uh, I never knew of any passive 4K TVs that didn't require like glasses uh, yeah. that ever made it to market. Um, I, I know about some concepts but never about like Nintendo 3DS parallax technology um, making it to market. Uh, I could be wrong, but I don't remember it. And even if they were, yeah, they, they were too little too late and the 3D fad had already died for the third time in as many decades. Uh, it's the TikTok well, cranky says admin. Okay. It, 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 might, it might be uh, coming back with the new avatar. You never know. <laughs> you never know. Um, I will let's say. Make three, let's make 3D great again. <laughs> um, I will say I, I did have a, a 3D TV in the late 2000s. I had a. So did I. I had, yeah, we had the same TV. We had the, uh, I still have my glasses. Do you? Okay. okay I, I actually. Did you? No. Did you get your glasses from me? No, I bought them on eBay. You, okay, okay. Uh, well, I could have theoretically could have been you. <laughs> I, I could, I could have no, I could have swore I gave them to you because at one point we got rid of that TV um, because we we had upgraded to a flat panel, and I went, oh, well, no. I don't need the glasses anymore. I I had the emitter, the 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 box that goes with them, and and two set no four sets of active shutter glasses. Yeah, no, I think I only got two sets of glasses and the box. And then I remember playing, uh, gosh, what a, it was. The Wii U was 3D TV compatible for Assassin's Creed <laughs> th four. It was the one where it was like in America during. Oh, the that Colonial. was that was three. Yeah, three. Yeah, and uh, uh, it was. Uh, I got sick. I got so sick playing that. Because uh, the, the Wii U was only at 720p, and yeah, was, blah, blah. and then you cut the vertical resolution in half. Yeah, and, yeah. I was like, oh, I'm getting sick. <laughs> uh, and then I remember uh, getting a few 3D TVs and being like, uh, it just made me sick. I couldn't, <laughs> I couldn't do it. We yeah, had, still, I, we had a decent experience with ours, but, uh, but again, there were only like six movies ever yeah. that we bought for it. You had to buy the Blu-rays, the special editions, the 3D only. Um, so we I had still, like, we had I like my monster... 3D Blu-ray player. Yeah. So do we, um, but we had, I remember monsters, Inc., uh, Despicable Me, Avatar, and then three other Avatar. movies I think we watched once. Um, yeah. And that was it. I had 
I had Avatar just because like okay, this I everyone's this was made for 3D. Yeah. Um, I had that. I had Harry Potter. I forget which one it was, but like only like three scenes were in 3D. Uh, <laughs> I think it wasn't Goblet of Fire or I don't remember, but it was. Um, yeah, it was like right right when then, and they only made like two or three scenes in 3D. It was basically early on, and you know there was yeah. like you said only six movies out essentially, and so I got like three of them. Yep. And they all made me sick, so I was like, yeah, I'm not doing that. Yeah. Uh. Anyway, I. Th- when you've been in tech a long time, you can see the fads before they even happen, and you know they're a bad idea, but you know they're also one of those tech things that the the general public goes, well, that sounds really cool. I'd like to see that. Uh, yeah. 3D is one of those things that comes and goes about every 10 years. Um, I mean, people go, well, it didn't pop up back in the 90s. Bull. ABC ran an entire week of 3D programming where you could go down and buy a, a set of anaglyph glasses and, and watch like Home Improvement and and oh yeah yeah and everything I else remember, I in an episode that. of 3d yeah yeah i, I remember like, the episode because they're doing like a bunch of whoa with whoa, the yeah yeah i yeah. remember that yeah no it's like it was totally a thing it, they tried to make it a thing then they tried to make 3d happen in the 80s at theaters they tried to make it happen in the 70s uh it's never caught on because it's only like 60 percent effective like some people just end up seeing a flat image. Some people see two images regardless. I'm one of the people yeah. that, um, for the red, blue anaglyph images, mm-hmm. I'm red, green, colorblind. That's kind of a problem. Oh, yeah. Can't <laughs> like, see anything there. Right. These are supposed to be blending? No, all it's doing is making my eyes hurt. Um, so, yeah, there there were so many different attempts to make 3D happen. And the most recent one, it's like, it had the best chance of happening, but also you saw the train coming going like there's going to be a hype train. The problem is it's still going to be crap because you need active glasses. You're going to pay extra to see less content in a lower resolution, in a in a less comfortable environment, in a less comfortable form factor. And you have to sit in just the right position. And oh, only four people can watch it at a time because it has to shift the position of the emitter based on where the glasses are sitting at and the, yeah, let's make watching TV difficult. Like, if yeah. there's one thing the Americans are good at, it's sitting down and watching TV. If there's anything that Americans don't like to do, it's anything that interrupts watching TV. Well, I know. <laughs> that, I mean, I would say this one, this attempt lasted probably the longest because it was in theaters for, what, three years? Mm-hmm. Two, three years? People were specifically making cheap 3D movies because the software was so easy. And then I remember every movie was like, "Oh, Avatar did it. Let's 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 delay our movie so we can put a 3D thing in there, and then we'll have two different screenings." Oh God, and, Clash of the Titans. Uh, yeah, Ugh. it was it was so dumb, and uh, yeah, it was it was just bad, and it lasted I, about two years. Yeah, I will say I did watch uh, uh, the Force Awakens in 3D. Uh, so I watched it opening. Opening weekend, so opening showing, uh, I watched in standard. And then I ended up going down to see some family. And uh, they were like, hey, you're in town. Cool. Uh, We were thinking about going to see the new Star Wars movie tonight. And I went, 
I, I literally just saw it last night. Like, I got to bed at 2 in the morning because, you know what, screw it, let's go watch Star Wars. And so we went and watched Star Wars, but the only showing that we could get tickets for was in 3D. And they're like, you okay with 3D? I'm like, well, I've seen it in 2D. 3D must be awesome, right? <laughs> and actually it was. I, I really enjoyed it. Um, it wasn't shot in 3D. It was a 3D, you know, yeah. Well, post-production. Okay, so- so let's see. Uh, actually, this almost this lasted about seven years. Yeah. So Ava- Avatar was two thousand nine, mm-hmm. and then some people in the chat are saying like some of the last movies they saw were Wonder Woman, uh, Force Awakenings, like you said. So yeah. that's two thousand seventeen, two thousand eighteen. Right. Yeah. Sixteen, 16 seventeen, somewhere right around there. So um, this this fad lasted a bit, but as far as TV though, right. TV commercial stuff for the consumer, it didn't last more than two years. Right. It started in 2009, and I want to say it was dead by 2012. Like, in the theater, it had some more staying power because the active shutter glasses had gotten so much better than they were before. Um, and and the, I mean, you only rented them, right? You, you, or, or the entirely passive 3d glasses, not even the active ones. Yeah. Uh, the, the real D 3d is a passive system that just uses paralyzed or, uh, polarizing, um, yeah. super effective. And, and actually as a colorblind person was the first time I was able to see 3d outside of a 3ds. So I do appreciate a good 3d setup. Um, but the reason we're talking about 3D again is Acer thinks it might be a thing again. Uh, Acer is set to announce a gaming laptop that is going to offer not only an RTX 3080 GPU on board, but glasses-free 3D. Uh, so similar to the... Uh, Nintendo. Yeah, to the Nintendo 3DS, um, this is supposed to have a 3D active screen that is a glasses 3D display. So you can sit in front of the display. Uh, hopefully, like the 3DS, uh, it will track your eye position. So it will align the screen and align the projection to your eyes. So it's always at a comfortable thing or comfortable angle and distance. With the original 3DS, I don't know how many people are experienced with the 3DS, but the original 3DS you had a sweet spot. You had that one spot that you were able to hold the handheld in that you got the 3D effect and it looked pretty cool. Um, But the screen was kind of dim. It was super low resolution. Oh gosh, it was so bad. Remember, it's a 240p screen. It's not super high res to begin with. I know. Um, But uh, you had one spot that you could set the screen and you had to hold it there the entire time while you played in order to see the 3D effect. So most of the time with the 3DS, people just turned off the 3D effect and just played their game. Um, when the new 3DS came out, they had a camera mounted on the front of the 3DS that tracked your eye position and adjusted the screen in real time. And holy heck, was that effective. Um, I, I went to like, I went from a 3DS to a new 3DS and went from like, it's a cool gimmick and it looks okay in a couple of games to like every single game I had it enabled on, on the new 3DS because it tracked my vision because it required no effort on my part or manipulation or angle or anything like that. Um, if that kind of 3D makes a comeback and gets itself into gaming monitors and laptops and tablets, I can see it being effective. I can see it having some long-term effectiveness. 
um, because it requires nothing from the user. Now, there are still downsides where you probably still can't have two people look at it without one person getting screwed over. Uh, this is probably still going to be a single person viewable effect. But if the effect is good enough, and if your situation calls for just a single viewer, I kind of like the idea. Well, I, I mean, you think with a gaming laptop, I, at least I've always thought of a gaming laptop as an individual user. Yeah, you can sit there and connect via multiple people, but I don't really know what people would be doing for multiple gaming mm -hmm. on a little laptop. Um, so I, I'm betting that's what they're thinking is for an individual user. I don't remember, though, distinctively if the Nintendo 3DS, I thought they had to make special games for that. No. And, and so you could just add whatever you want, or you could just add a Nintendo DS game to it, and it would create it to be 3D? DS game? No. 3DS, yes. The 3DS engine itself, the, the development platform yeah. for the 3DS, um, included all of the depth information as part of the, the final compilation. So then a game on this laptop would have to have that engine? Not necessarily. Uh, because 3D in this form is just side-by-side -side 3D. It's displaying one image for your left eye and one image for your right eye. Um, the NVIDIA driver has the capability of displaying side-by-side -side 3D and has since the late 90s. Um, you can turn it on in software in a lot of different things. Uh, there are universal wrappers for turning this on for video glasses and 3D glasses and playing games in VR, but playing them in 3D in VR. Um, it's a very simple process. Um, now it is more GPU intensive because instead of rendering one viewing angle, you have to render a viewing angle for each of the eyes and then display that on a screen. Um, but it's not outside of the capabilities of the drivers to be able to do this. Um, so as long as the game is rendered in a 3D engine, the depth information is already there inherent to the 3D engine. That would be pretty cool then. I, well, actually, uh, no. Now that's, yes, yeah, a 3D screen, so this doesn't yeah. transfer over to um, a different screen. I have, and we talked about this last week. Uh, you weren't on the show, but... No, Steve um, was. But I have a set of Epson Mavario... Um, gosh, I, I always... MC30s. Um, they are a 720p wearable display with a set of Pico, oh, yeah. Pico OLED projectors on the side that projects through a parallax lens and directly into your eye. So it's a beautiful display. Um, and thanks to some help from uh, some very friendly patrons, uh, namely Funky Monk and ID Prom over on my Discord server, uh, they wrote me a very, I think, I think mostly Funky Monk, but he wrote me a script that if I plug those glasses into a computer, I can enable side-by-side -side 3D mode on the glasses and play just about oh, any I game in 3D. That. Yeah. Um, so playing like the Super Mario uh, PC port, the N64 PC port in side-by-side -side 3D, <laughs> holy crap, it looks amazing. Uh, and, and like stupid games like that, all, all of a sudden it's a, it's a completely new way to experience them. Yeah. Um, and so... Like, if we could find a reliable method that didn't require extra glasses or extra hardware or extra interaction from the user, um, I think 3D could take off. I think, like, the 3DS was a hugely successful console. Um, 
And I think if these displays start coming out, what I'd like to see is like this technology be released in a portable display. So I could just buy one and slap it onto an existing PC or give me it in a gaming monitor or something like that. Yeah, that's what I was gonna add. Well, I was gonna say was like you you can't do a uh, you know I wanted an extended monitor or something like that, mm-hmm. um, or wider to to plug this in and put it in a wider screen angle or anything like that um, because it is the screen. And but if they did do just a screen version where the screen was capable of it and your graphics card, you can just enable it. That would be pretty cool too. Yeah. And we all know if they did do that, they charge you an extra two hundred dollars for the monitor. <laughs> 4D comes with a smell. Yeah. So it yeah, smell of vision is 4D. <laughs> spray cans of smell and like, okay, you have to load the cartridge for this game. <laughs> yeah. Um uh Mijik says AR glasses have potential too. Um, I have always been hugely interested in AR glasses or video display glasses or video overlay glasses. Um, personal cinemas, like not just VR, but just give me a screen to look at in front of my face. Um, Specifically that I can still see the world around me with because I think that is fascinating technology and has a whole bunch of different use cases that we haven't even dreamt up yet. Um, Oh yeah, augmented's cool. It's super cool. Um, And uh, there was actually a Kickstarter that I guess raised two and a half million dollars just a couple weeks ago that has a new set of AR glasses that kind of does just that. It's a lightweight thing. And they put the battery pack on a neckband, so un- not unlike like one of the wearable like air conditioner kind of things. Oh yeah, um, just a real thin neckband or like a Bluetooth headset, and then a thin wire going up to your glasses. And so the glasses themselves only weigh like seventy grams, and I guess it's like a 1080p 60 hertz display with full 3D capability. Um, it's like that's cool. That is cool. I kind of want one. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, because I, I wouldn't mind like something like that or or just even a long, uh, you know, wired into a, a thin battery pack that I can just put into my pocket, essentially. Mm-hmm. Um, I would be fine with that, you know, um, although I guess I guess I don't really like I, I'm, I'm so used to headphone wires. So why not? Right. Um, although now that everyone has Bluetooth. But yeah, no, it, it, if they can transfer just the power and the mechanic, um uh, the display all the guts to something else that's not wearing on your head that's the big issue with a lot of vr stuff too uh yeah. you know it's always complaining that oh it's it's tilted forward and it's very heavy um because that's where all the guts are yeah um and the battery especially yeah but yeah if they can it shoulder mounted and even just that um like you said the air conditioner style the fan that'd be easy because that's where a lot of your load, your body can hold that load and, and yeah. not care. And your your neck is not going to get sore. That was the other thing. If even if something's slightly heavy, your neck gets uh, very Virtue sore. One KS or Virtue One is the Kickstarter. Yes. Uh... <laughs> Tech. <laughs> Tech. Uh, Ian wants everyone to know that women don't have pockets. Yeah, no. Uh, um, what's really funny. Seen, what's really funny what's is. In their purses? Right. Yeah, is. Well, the social norm is that they carry a purse, so why would they need pockets? Well, sometimes I'd like some pockets. Like, excuse me. A um, little bit. She's... Why does my wife ask me to carry everything then? <laughs> right. Well, that's that's between you and her. Uh, but little bit, my four-year-old, one of her favorite things to do is put on a new pair of pants or a dress or something like that and run upstairs and go, look, it has pockets. And it's like <laughs> the social awareness of that child to go like, why don't my pants have pockets on them? 
Yeah. yeah. And then, Get used to it. Of, Most of your stuff doesn't. Yeah. Uh, he, <laughs> and that's why they invented the fanny pack. Yeah. Yep. Uh, let's see. Denver says a 4K 120Hz OLED TV is only 1500 You just need a polarizer a lot cheaper than 8000 It used to be during the last FAT. Yeah, it sounds great. Uh, let's see. What uh, size is that 4K 1220Hz? Right. Uh, Harry sends over $5. Thank you, Harry. Uh, due to my age, 3D movies are a no-no. Yep, and I've heard that from a lot of, uh, of older yeah. folks as well. Um... Denver I send over $2 and says, I still have a Vizio E3D uh, 320 VX TV, 540p in 3D mode. Ew. Yep. <laughs> well, yeah, half of 1080 is 540. <laughs> uh, and Andrew sent over $5. Thank you very much, Andrew. Somehow the most useful skill in my software job is knowing how to format Excel tables seems to make the bosses happy. Oh, that is so true. That is so true. He doesn't even know it. Yeah. Well, I yeah. guess he does know it, but they his boss doesn't know it. Yeah, forty-eight inch OLED for fifteen hundred. All right. I think I think I looked it up. I saw a couple of fifties. Yeah. So I mean, that's pretty good. How's your stout? Mm. Mm-hmm. That ethanol burn went away for me. It did. It did. I'm kind of worried about that now. <laughs> I think it, that was my it, body's last form of self-defense. I know. Is it? Is it? I'm just now enjoying this, and my body's just giving up. And like, all right, have a good time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I hope you remember tonight. <laughs> I, I know what these nights are. Just yeah. go, go have fun. Uh, my liver's all like, oh, it's Wednesday. Okay, I'm off. <laughs> yeah. Uh, LG has a 42 inch OLED now. Um, oh don't tempt me, people. Thing is, I'm I'm holding out to buy a TV for my next studio. I I want like an 85 inch OLED. Like I I just want to go crazy with it. I want the biggest screen I could possibly get. You yeah you just want to click that button. You see that wall? Watch it change color. I. <laughs> For a fair amount of time, longer than I'd like to admit, I considered an LED TV wall. I considered yeah. a point pixel wall. I mean, I mean, for I, for just like fun, it's kind of it's really cool. Mm -hmm. Why not, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, um, I'm not going to be like gaming on it or anything, but I could. <laughs> it's not going to look great, but I could. I would. I would definitely watch something you know, minute on it. Like if I was going to watch Futurama, I'd watch it off on something like that oh, totally. because I already know what it, I know what it looks like. And I just want to watch the, the jokes and everything, you know, the reruns of it, right. uh, Seinfeld or something like along. I like, Oh, this is what I'd have in the background. It'd be fantastic. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I actually considered like, instead of the wood paneling, how much would it be to put up like some of those LED squares and have it like <laughs> visual art behind me? Oh like, yes. I'm glad I didn't do it, by the way. <laughs> I was thinking about transferring my whole background into those old 90s 3D posters so then everyone has to stare deep into the background. 
of mine be like, oh, look, it's a, a planet and a spaceship and a dinosaur and a butterfly. And everyone would just be like watching my videos for the longest time, trying to figure out what those images were. That's what I want. I was actually watching, the only reason I came up with that was I was watching a Seinfeld episode where that was in there. I was like, oh yeah, I remember those things. <laughs> uh, Lemming sends over 15. Uh, thank you very much. Much appreciated. I'm hanging out for high refresh rate OLED screens for gaming. Having that image quality at high refresh rate would be great. Watching movies on it as well would be a pleasure. I fully agree. I think it'll come eventually. Um, but here's the thing. With tech, there's always something new. There's always something better. There's always a next technology. At some point, you just got to go, you know what? I'm going to be happy with that. Yeah, but yeah. by the time he, it does come out, the next CES, I'm going to be like, guess what we're coming out with now? It's a brand new screen that's even clearer and better. And you are going to be like, I just wasted my money on this. I want that now. It's so much better. Yep. And you're probably paying top dollar. It's, yeah, just find your middle ground and be happy with it and you know whatever or if you are that type of person that wants to save up good for you i mean either, either way i got no problem no judgment there mm -hmm. i just don't like the first adopters and then they're like the next year i gotta sell what i have and get the latest and always have the latest and greatest like, no, that's you. that's never me yeah I, i've never no i never i do know one guy that's like that and luckily he'll sell me stuff for dirt cheap that's like you know a year old like half price uh, yeah yeah half price he's like i just need money off of this see that's uh, normally me is i may play the upgrade game uh i may play like the you know i i just bought x thing but y just came out and y looks really good too um what i'll do is i'll wait a year and i'll buy y and then yeah. i'll and i'll buy y right after z is announced and then and then a year later, when the next thing is announced, when, you know, A1 is announced, I'll buy Z. <laughs> and so you can always find deals if you if you do it like that. Um, it's kind of like the XKD, XKCD comic, buying games five years behind so you can get them all for $10 a piece. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, like, that's what I used to do for hardware. That's what I used to do for tech. That's what I used to do for so many different things. Um, having a... Uh, a 5950X and a 3090, that is so, it's still so abstract to me. Like, like it just is. Like, I, I'm not the, like, immediate, like, best of the best. I'm the best of the last two generations, typically. <laughs> well, I got into eBay and I found this for, like, a third the retail price. And all I have to do is resolder a couple components onto it. <laughs> that's how I used to get all my hardware and and honestly still do for some stuff so yeah <laughs> just know whenever I'm doing a review that's where my head's at most of the time is like man this is really overpriced but I get it <laughs> well, see that's what I do with beer <laughs> like ah uh... All right. <laughs> Although I can't solder two beers together. I'm like, I'm going to mix these two and it'll be great. Right. You can't put two beers into a server and share them with 20 friends. Well, you could. Yeah. I was going to say, like, hang on. Mm -hmm. There's a video there. Mm -hmm. 
Well, that that's called a bottle share, and then when everyone like spits it out, there's that trash bag that's left over, and you can still split it. So, <laughs> so John, um, how does that taste? <laughs> yes, because I've done it. I know you have. <laughs> <laughs> I was there. It was great. Yeah, was no problem with that. <laughs> I wanted to try. They were all expensive beers. Yeah. I mean, like every beer there was like $40. So I was like, well, yeah, I'm not going to let this go to waste. Everyone's. <laughs> I got smashed that night. <laughs> uh-huh. I know. I was there. <laughs> well, it was fun. Uh, Cosworth sends over $2. Thank you very much again. Uh, here I am with a clean Tesla M40 setup. Um, well, I mean, I just water-cooled a couple Tesla M40s myself. So, like, I still do that stuff. Like, it, it, I haven't forgotten who I am. I just happen to be who I am, but with a 3090 now. Um... <laughs> <laughs> uh. Actually, I did recently go out and buy my second brand new camera ever. You bought a brand new camera? Brand, brand new, new camera. brand new? I, I bought a Sony a7 IV. Oh, you dog. I did. Um, to, to go with the a7 III I also just bought. Um, to go with the, the five Rokinon Cine lenses and the Rokinon 24 to 70 full frame autofocus lens as well. Um, yeah. So the, the last couple of videos have been shot with the new hardware and oh man, they are chef's kiss gorgeous. Does that mean I get your old camera? Uh, I will sell it to you at fair market value. Um, it's not that my old camera was even bad. I, I mean, I have the Zcam E2. It's a 4K. It is micro four thirds. And that's one of the main impetuses for upgrading is I wanted full frame. I wanted some more controllability over light image quality and things like that. Yeah. Um, but it does like 4K at 160 FPS. And like, it's a good camera. And... I was looking at 4K at just like 120. It's like, my God, that's expensive. Yeah, even 4K 120 will run you like $3,800. Yeah. That, that FX3, A7S3 S territory. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, you can get actually the, uh, the Zcam M2 uh, is like $1,500 and it'll do 4K 160 as well. Yeah, um, but the but it's micro four thirds. Yeah, and, like that. There's some trade offs with that, right? Mm -hmm. Um, so I started looking and going, how often do I do 4K 120 content? And it hasn't been very much. There's been a couple of ad spots, uh, like you know, doing the mixology and whatnot. And so I did like the entire cocktail build in slow motion as one does. Um, but it was gratuitous. It was beautiful, but it was like way over the top. Um, yeah. But, and I went, yeah. I, I don't even shoot in 60. Like I shoot in 30 most of the time. And uh, and I went, is it really worth an extra 1300 or could I spend that 1300 and have a second camera body? Um, so that's what I did. So I, I bought an a7 III and an a7 IV. And I've got an Atomos recorder now. Um, so... Uh, Tech Tech just bought a Tesla Grid K1 16 gig. Ooh, the four by four gigabyte cards. Those are fun. Those are a lot of fun just to play with. Um, 
it's kind of like four GTX 750s. Not the TIs, just the 750s, but with four gigs of RAM and a lot more more memory uh, memory bandwidth to them. Um, uh, is there a camera link? Uh, link is in like affiliate link, probably. Uh, I could probably <laughs> get you one. It'll be out later today. Yeah. Uh, well, hey. Yeah, cause it, cause it's a good camera. I've I've been really happy with it thus far. There it is. My contacts are just bugging me. <laughs> it's the ethanol coming out of your glass. I I know. It's like it's a, they're dry. It's just oh, every time I do this to drink, it's like oh, it burns and dries it out. Yeah. Oh, they, I mean, they are they are at that peak of life throwaway. Mm-hmm. Hey Jeff, you know what else is really good? Hmm. It is it is today's video sponsor. Today's video sponsor. Uh, <laughs> affirm that that was indeed. Well, I know. I just yeah. saw the time and I was like, oh, we're supposed to do that. We'll get there. We'll get there. It's almost here. Hold on. Hold. Oh, this video is brought to you by someone. We magic people. I'm sure we'll figure it out eventually. <laughs> Could you guess who? <laughs> there it is. I found him. But do you know who it is? Of course, today's video is brought to you by Linode. I'm even wearing the shirt, and it's just coincidence. I happened to put it on this morning. Uh, if you've ever needed to host your own servers, whether it be for home or business use, but don't have the resources to invest into hardware, power, cooling, time, or even space, why not let Linode host them for you? If it runs on Linux, it'll run on Linode. That includes the software from their, from most of the tutorials on my channel, like how to run your own ad blocking, recursive DNS servers, VPN gateways, your own cloud-based Plex server, and more. With shared CPU plans starting at as little as $5 per month and scaling up to as high as you need to go, you'll be able to find a hosting plan that fits your needs. And even if you do host your own servers, you can use Linode to keep a backup off-site. Because remember, RAID is not a backup, especially if you have a petabyte being hosted by a Raspberry Pi. Linode also recently announced they are the first alternative cloud provider to provide NVMe block storage to all customers. Back in September, they began rolling out NVMe drives to all 11 of their global data centers. Best of all, storage rates will remain at the same low price they always have been. Visit linode.com slash craftcomputing and get a $100 60-day credit just for signing up for a new account. That's linode.com slash craftcomputing and again a huge thanks to Linode for sponsoring today's video. Well, you know what? Uh, no one heard that. What? They said, they said, uh, everyone in chat said, as soon as you started, check. the that all the sound cut out. Check, check. check. I, I see the mic. Interesting. I, I got multiple chats saying that, uh, I, I see the, is everyone okay? I don't know. Is it, is everyone okay? Do I need to read it again? I don't know. Linode. Sound cut out after video sponsor. Thanks, Hops. <laughs> Redshirt Jeff called out. <laughs> no, uh, like they heard my jab at Redshirt Jeff. Sound came back. Don't know. Yeah. So interesting. I heard. Okay. I, I at least saw two chats that said uh, we heard it three. was cutting out when you cut away. 
And then Skull said, yeah, dropped audio. I heard the whole piece. Fine. It was good for the ad. Ha ha. George said no sound. Linode came through fine. I think right, like what? two people are effing with me. Yeah, maybe. Well, that's all I was... Well, whatever. Because <laughs> my audio devices are like a global thing, and they're on every single tab. And so it's not even like that... It Like in OBS, they transition from like one set of audio devices to another. My audio tab literally doesn't change between tabs in this particular scene setup. And it's because I designed it that way because I don't want the audio to drop just because I have a sponsor video playing. So, eh. <laughs> <laughs> Who knows? Who knows? Well, it sounds like enough people heard it. So, yeah. Sponsored spot completed. Perfect read. Some issues during the segue. Well, I I stopped talking for like 10 seconds before the segue. Yeah, because we were trying to find it. Maybe that's what they were thinking the audio dropped. Someone I think I think, again. I think sponsor blocks got some sort of AI that works on live streams now. What? Here's the deal. I have no moral opposition to ad blocking because most sites have crappy ad delivery. Um For everyone who's given me any money in Super Chat tonight, go get yourself a YouTube Premium membership because I will actually gain more in the lifetime of that YouTube Premium membership than I will from your Super Chats. YouTube takes 30% of my Super Chat money right off the top. Uh, so while I definitely appreciate Super Chats, I also like seeing that YouTube Premium money come through in my, my ad reports. Um, but... Are there really people out there who are that opposed to ads that are like baked into live videos that they are creating AI algorithms to just mute a live stream? I mean, how many how many content creators? Every, just about every content major content creator who has like 20k subs pretty much does ad rolls on videos. Right. Like I, I do mean, both. You get I'm extra money. Excellent. It. Right. Yeah. Right. Uh, I mean, if you look, um, I I had almost 125,000 subscribers before I regularly started doing ads. Um, that was one of the things that I focused on to allow me to go full time. And I, I didn't even start doing regular ads until I went full time doing this. Um, you also get free super chats with YouTube premium or with memberships. You can you can highlight your your message with memberships as well. Um, so yeah, it look again, I have no moral high ground. I run ad blocker all the time. I, I have a pie hole tutorial on my channel. I have a couple of them, uh, you know, but are you that opposed to hearing like a, an in-person delivered ad that supports a channel that you just watched for an hour? That you can't just watch it? Like, seriously? Yeah, one ad spot pays for more than all the views on a video. Yes. Pretty much. Yes. Uh, my worst performing videos, I'll make about $250 on uh, from AdSense. Uh, ads pay minimum about three times that. 
And unfortunately, that's where the money for craft computing comes from. I'm like, I, I, I'm not going to hide, you know, where my revenue comes from. Yes, it comes from ads. It comes from ad placements in baked in ads and pre-rolls um, and, and some other sources. But um, yeah, it ain't the viewership that's getting me numbers and allowing me to like hire people and, and help deliver more content. So I love Linode, but I hate Google ads. I hate Google ads too. That's why I run an ad blocker. But the, whatever that's uh, ad block extreme for the sound spots. Um, gosh, I've already forgot the name of it. Um, Uh, sponsor block. Yeah, sponsor block. Oh. Sponsor block's a Chrome plugin that you can run that will block ads that are even baked into videos like this. Have you ever watched one of my ads, John? Me? Yeah. yeah, all the time. yeah. What do you think of my ads? I like them because they're usually funny. <laughs> exactly. If I'm going to... And a lot of people's ads are like, okay, because I, I know the person who's doing it for the channel. So it's like, Oh, mm -hmm. okay. Usually they throw their personality into it. Yeah. The ones that like, you can totally tell they're pre-made ads because they're wearing a completely different shirt or something like that. And they're like, hair is a different length and they've, you know, been running the same ad over and over again. It's just them reading a script. Yeah. Those I skip because they're boring. Right. But if it's a channel I like, yeah, I'll watch it because like, Oh, this is probably funny. Maybe yeah. the third, fourth time. I'm like, I'm done with this. I've seen it. <laughs> Not my ads. My ads are still great. Always, Jeff. Always. Still waiting for that Star Wars one. <laughs> Ian says I have to do them in a fake accent. Yeah. You're still... No, I did the Star Wars one. Did I miss it? You did. Wait, what video was that on? Uh, the I and Neo. I did miss that. I haven't watched that one yet. Yep. Yeah, it's in that one. Okay. Mm. Yep. Well, I'm done with my beer. Uh, literally, so am I. This is a good segment. Did we get any super chats that we need to get to? I missed because I was looking away because my wife is trying to troll me right now. Um, yeah, Ian says I have to do it in a fake accent. Who do you think I am, Integza? <laughs> uh, Rhett needs food, yeah. <laughs> you did the red accent too. Yeah, yeah. Rhett tries to do accents and it's hilarious because he's even worse at it than I am. <laughs> Uh, the only one, like Steve does a really good Russian and like Scottish. I can't yeah. do either. I can't do Scottish. I, I can do like the stereotypical Russian. Yeah. Yeah. That's about it. Uh, all right. I'm going to go with one of my IPAs. In Soviet Russia, YouTube adds you. <laughs> yes, in Soviet Russia. Yeah. Oh, yes. <laughs> yeah, that's basically all I can do too. Okay. Even though I'm, I'm Russian, which right. is really bad. Right. <laughs> uh, so, so I've got two beers. And I'm not sure which one I want to go with. So okay. I've got uh, from Second Profession Brewing. It is the Space Flamingo Hazy IPA. Oh, okay. 7.4. And then this one is rather interesting. Uh, from Groundbreaker Brewing. Local. Local. Uh, IPA number five. Now, the reason this one's interesting is Groundbreaker is a 100% gluten-free facility. Mm -hmm. 
This is a 6% IPA that's gluten-free. Now, I have not had, I think I've had some Groundbreaker, but most of my gluten-free stuff is from, um, what's that one in the Seattle with the whale? Uh, Ghostfish. Ghostfish. Thank yeah. you. Ghostfish. Uh, and they've gotten really good at, at they their have. stuff. Yeah. Even so their stout. I, like, yeah. have, have you had their Wastelander stout? Holy crap, yep. that thing is good. Oh, it's good. Yeah, like I said, I think right. they perfected gluten-free beers, yeah. essentially. I don't, I've never had it, so I don't know. Uh, that's a call. I'm, but... I'm, I'm going to crack open the gluten-free. Okay, go on. So, oh. Uh-oh. I just looked up their untapped, and they don't uh, get good reviews. John, did your camera just die? Oh. I, I might have accidentally unplugged it. <laughs> <laughs> My bad. All right. Just... Well, I'm pouring my beer, and I'm not going to stop just to change the camera angle. So, what is going on? I will say that looks like a darn good IPA. Holy crap! The color on this is just gorgeous. Oh, there he is. There I am. So, there's the color on that IPA. Oh, that looks not a nice West Coast IPA. Right. Uh, interesting. All right, so awesome. gluten-free IPA. Here we go. You know, that's not bad at all. You said number five? I uh, Yeah, IPA number five uh-huh. from Groundbreaker. Yeah. All right. Oh. Grab this. I have uh, Barrel House Brewing Company's uh, Kong Hazy IPA. So it is all <laughs> Donkey Kong, Nintendo-esque themed. Nice. Really like it. <laughs> DMCA's 2- in the mail. Yeah. 8.2%. Jeff, yeah. You're this. Although it doesn't look super hazy. No, it's definitely not clear, but it doesn't have that orange juice look. Like, right. I can easily see light coming it, it out. It doesn't of this. look like tang either. <laughs> like... No. Yeah, this is unfiltered. Yeah. I can, I can see the, my fingers through it. Yeah. So. Well, I can see my face through this one. So it has a great aroma, though. A lot. It has that juicy tang aroma. Yeah. You know, Hazy's have actually been making uh, a really good corner over the last 12 to 18 months because the number one complaint we always had about Hazy's is that if you've had one Hazy, you've had them all because after four ounces, they all taste the same. They're starting to go back to that, the alchemist. um, Uh, Get my focus back in. There you go. There it goes. They're kind of going back to the roots of like the alchemist of... They're turning into these giant tropical juice bombs with a lot of complexity and a lot of evolution. And they're dialing back that acid content quite a bit. And I'm here for it. Like, yeah, no, I <laughs> totally agree. It's, it's, yeah, with those last two years when it's always been those big, hazy, acidy juice bombs, it's been, I can't take more than six ounces. Yeah, that first four ounces is wonderful it's like having orange juice or tang or something right but it, my palate is ruined for the rest of the time right 
I, I think now it just took that long of time to be like, all right, we got to now start balancing our malt and our hops. Because beforehand, it was just hops, 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 hops. Who can throw the most poundage of hops? Also, new variants are coming out. Uh, I know Australia hops are like the new big craze for the past about two years, which are giving more of a tropical note with less. You're le needing less to give that amount of flavor, mm -hmm. which is giving you less alpha acids less burn yeah so uh novella hub says jeff jeff likes the acid burn you're right i am an angelina jolie fan how's that for a reference <laughs> i know that mess with the best <laughs> die like the rest <laughs> burns hardware matches their software <laughs> all right what else we got speaking of pool on the uh, roof sprung a leak <laughs> speaking of uh some some video game stuff and i know this is not technically game news yes but it kind of is we'll go with it uh ioneo uh has announced a next generation handheld already uh with the ionia 2 uh, so this is purported to have a Ryzen 7 6800U uh, on board and be roughly twice as fast as the Steam Deck. Amazing how one generation over, they're already twice as fast as the Steam Deck when the Steam oh. Deck is apparently kicking its ass with the 5800U, which it's not because I have both of them. <laughs> who knows? Uh, gotta love YouTube comments who purport to know everything about hardware they've never touched to someone who literally had hands on both of them during while reading the comments. Uh, here's my Steam Deck. Here's my Ioneo. One is faster than the other, and it's not the Steam Deck. Well, it's because here's our reported specs. It's like, well, technically... Well, this is using Vega. That is so outdated to, to RDNA 2. Yeah, but did you see the clocks were like 2200 megahertz versus 14? Like, yeah. there's a difference there. Um, anyway, Ionia 2, um, 6800U coming out based on Zen 3 Plus architecture, eight cores, 16 threads, base clock of 2.7 gigahertz with a max core turbo of 4.7. That's in a handheld <laughs> RDNA 2 graphics with 12 compute units, not just eight. Thank you, AMD, for finally upping that number. Good God. It's been since Renoir since we've had more than eight. Like, could you at least kick us 11? Or, for heaven's sakes, I would love the uh, the Vega 20 that was on board the uh, the 8809G that you gave to Intel, of all people. Uh, so yeah, 12 compute units of uh, GPU acceleration at a max frequency of 2.2 gigahertz with LPDDR5 running at 6500 MTS. Yes. This, this thing's a beast. I mean, really, I, I only have one slight little complaint, and that's just kind of the thickness of the design. Um, the roundness of the edge of the handles is just, I think, a little too little too roundy and thick for my yeah. own personal taste, but that's my own personal taste. Then that's a design. Spec-wise, this thing's a beast. And, and you know, um, I kind of said that I needed some more depth to the the curves on the handle to yeah. make it as comfortable as the Steam Deck. 
Um, it it wasn't quite as grippy or as uh, just not quite as comfortable as the Steam Deck. It was close, and you could still game on it for hours, or at least I could. Um, I, I've spent quite literally well over 80 hours on the Ion Neo and probably 60 to 70 on the Steam Deck. Um, and I have the Steam Game Time to back all that up. Uh, but um, I will say if the grip was just slightly deeper on the Ion Neo, on the Ion Neo Next that I reviewed, it would have ran away with every metric over the Steam Deck, um, except price. Like, yes, it's more expensive. It's also a lot faster. It's also a better screen. It's also two terabytes versus 256. It's also this, it's also that, like Hall Effect joysticks and triggers. And yeah, the specs add up after a while, especially when you cram it into a seven inch handheld. Yeah. But I mean, it's a better screen. It's still 720p. Yeah. And the Steam Deck has light bleed for days. Well, okay. The thing is, like, that one and then this one is blatantly saying i am a console replacement yeah i literally am a console you plug this into an adapter with a mouse and keyboard no difference this is the probably this especially the second generation list with specs wise mm-hmm. is like the closest ever even more so than the steam deck to a switch pc style of mm-hmm. i'm gonna pop it out i'm still on my pc Right. Essentially. Right. Now, and, but you're going to pay for that mobile gaming PC. You're st- it's still, still that price, you know? Yeah. Uh, but if you want that experience, like the Switch, like the portability of the Steam Deck, but even better, and literally it be your home computer, it can be, but you're going to have to pay for it. Yep. Um, and if you're willing to do that, and I think someone like you or I, maybe, yeah, it, it probably mm-hmm. actually is kind of worth it. Um, 15 watts versus 15 watts. The Steam Deck was close, and it really depended on the game itself, because remember, the Steam Deck only has four cores, eight threads, and they're fairly low clocked. Like, they, they peaked at, I think, four or 3.2 or 3.5. Like, it's not a super high-frequency chip, and it's based on Zen 2. Whereas the Ion Neo Next has a Zen 3 processor, which has almost a 15 or 18% IPC improvement uh, generation over generation, uh, even on the mobile side of things. Uh, It had a max boost frequency of 4.2, had a higher higher clocked GPU as well, even though it was using Vega, it was still seven nanometer Vega. Um, So it's not like the Vega 64, like you think of, which was a 12 nanometer part or a 14 nanometer part. Um, you don't know about the Vega chip. You just don't because we haven't really seen a seven nanometer Vega. Um, so uh, Denver says my napkin math of the 6800U puts it 2.1 times faster than the GPU, uh, faster GPU than the Steam Deck. However, that's going to at 35 watts. Um, I did all of my testing at 20 watts or less. Uh, and, and I said that in the video because I don't believe in a handheld that only gets an hour of battery life. Uh, for me, that's just stupid. Um, I, I need at least two hours, bare minimum, like 90 minutes. And at the full 20 watt uh, uh, TDP, you're getting 
90 to two hours of battery life. Um, and, and for me, that's, that's fine. I can, I can float between wall chargers and, and it works just, just fine for that. Um, however, if I could run it at 15 watts, that's what I chose to do. And the hardware and the screen are better than they are in the Steam Deck. And running at 15 watts, the, the Ioneo ran a little bit quieter and a little bit cooler. Um, not to say they're not both great handhelds and that the Steam Deck is a hell of a value at $530 for the 256 gig model. Yeah, whatever but yeah. better hardware is still better hardware. You've got a two terabyte NVMe drive inside the Ioneo Next. I'm sorry, but I filled my Steam Deck on day one and and still went out and bought a 256 SD card and filled that on day two. I have a one terabyte Lexar here waiting to go into my Steam Deck because it freaking needs it. Um, and guess what? That cost me $130. So all of a sudden I'm up to two, to 660 or right around half the price of the Ioneo Next. And, you know, it's like, where's your line going to end at? Uh, so the Ioneo Next was a better console than the Steam Deck, at least empirically, performance-wise, hardware-wise. It's a better console. It's not that the Steam Deck is not a great deal, though. In fact, I've been playing more on the Steam Deck in the last two weeks than I have on the Ioneo Next. But I think it's because I have both of them. Oh, yeah. Well, you can give me one. It's fine. Mm-hmm. Actually, Rhett have, doesn't need one. I, I have two Steam Decks. Then, then Rhett definitely doesn't need <laughs> one. Uh... No, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Give Rhett the the Steam Deck. I'll take the Neo. Oh, right, right, right. Yeah, I have no problem gaming for one hour. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, is there anything else, sir? Desires? <laughs> yeah, all those beers that are still in your fridge. That are for me. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> Uh, Western Digital shares their next roadmap, including the introduction yes. of a 22 and a 26 terabyte drive available today. Uh, and they're oh, saying baby. and they're saying upwards <laughs> of 50 terabytes by 2024. Oh, my gosh. So, no, mechanical hard drives still not dead. Yeah, but I'm sorry about that. Yeah. Wow. Mm-hmm. I mean, when, when you have this size, it, it'll always supersede you know your solid states and or whatever and the prices on these okay yes these particular ones are going to be ridiculously high you know yeah um but i think uh, you and i were talking earlier just before the show i was like oh yeah you know there's a 10 a 10 terabyte that's on sale and you were saying oh there's an 18 terabyte that's you know 200 this, this bucks much. yeah exactly 200 dollars, like, you can get 18 terabytes today like what? Five years ago, five years ago, what would that price be? Five years you know, ago, eighteen terabyte, dare I say, barely even existed. When um, this channel started, how much would eighteen terabytes be? I can. T- when this channel started in two thousand seventeen, eight an eighteen terabyte drive would have easily been like eight hundred dollars. I would have to go back and check notes. And look at the uh, quotes yeah. that I got at that time. I can tell you that in 2016, um, I bought six terabyte drives brand new, and I think I paid $500 a pop for them. Yeah. No, man. It's just, 
as much as people are gonna diss on, you know, HDDs or HHDs, whatever, um, there's gonna be a place for them for a long time because it's just storage. It is just like a storage warehouse. Why do I need a storage warehouse? And then you get it, you're like, oh my gosh, I can't live without this. And then a bigger one comes along and that's cheaper or the same price. You're like, no matter how big, kind of like, no matter how big of a house you get, you somehow like fill it. And no matter what, you're just like, oh, I just need a bigger house. Yeah, but you fill it. I have all the space in the world. I fill it. And I have all of this big server space. I will fill it. I mean, you have a thousand times more than I do. And I have just uh, 12 terabytes <laughs> for just media. I filled it. You know, I, I'm at the point of just, I need already more than 12 terabytes. 10 years ago, I was working off of five terabytes. Yeah. Um, well, it's remember, remember four years ago, I did my very first free NAS tutorial. And that was for a what ended up being a six terabyte NAS because I had four two terabyte drives in a RAID 5. Yeah. I didn't even have the right controller for those drives. And all I could do is run them in a hardware RAID with ZFS on top of it, which is totally not recommended. Um, but that's what I ran craft computing on. And I, I ran that server for a year and a half or something like that. And then I upgraded to almost 20 terabytes of space uh, with a collection of six terabyte drives that I added to a new server, uh, replaced all the internals with it. And I ran that server until just this last year when I, I decided to, you know, throw down a, a whole bunch of, of new storage and had almost a hundred terabytes uh, down. And now I've got, gosh, I think I'm close to 300 terabytes total. Yeah. Um, but I mean, craft computing by itself is using almost 70 terabytes of space. Oh yeah. I mean, that's using like 10 or no, eight. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I know it's, it, but again, I mean, remember what it was coming out of high school just to have like one terabyte. Uh, and then how many drives that probably took up? Uh, I mean, it, we're, we're talking 20 years ago, essentially, 18 years ago. Yeah, exactly. That's a terabyte. That's that a is terabyte. A, that's a terabyte. I remember needing like three. Yes, I need like three drives to have a terabyte. Well, two. But yeah, uh, still. Ridic and then that wasn't even my operating system. You know, it was like an operating system on like a, a 70 gig and then I, I somehow scrounged the money for two 500 gigs. Yeah. Uh, um, the, the system that I built in 2008, late 2008, was an i7-920, so first generation x58, uh, had 12 gigabytes of DDR3, uh, and I had two 80 gigabyte SATA drives running in a RAID 0 uh, for my operating system because SSDs weren't even a thing. Like they were a thing, but if you wanted 80 gigabytes worth, oh good God, it was like $700. Oh, yeah. Um, and then I had three one terabyte, no, three two terabyte Western Digital Blacks. And let me tell you, those were expensive drives back in that day. 
no i, I yeah. yeah so what is it i remember God, when was it that wasn't even a black i think it was a, a, a refurbished like blue or no it wasn't a refurbished, just a blue but that being like 200 bucks i remember being so happy to get like just a terabyte drive for under like 500 bucks and mm-hmm. like, oh it's 198 or something like 199 fries it's like oh my gosh this is an amazing right i, I even had to shuck that drive too <laughs> um so yeah massive storage gains are yeah. in the very near future for quite a few people uh ian says western digital blacks are still super expensive they have a name to go along with them though i mean uh, I, I'm not one who really fanboys over many things, but I will stand by just about any Western Digital Black Drive I have ever seen. Um, like we even deployed tons of them into a backup server, and exactly. sure, we had a couple failures over five, six, seven years, but I'll still stand by them. Like they were still great drives. Uh. Oh, we got uh, some quick beer news. If you yes. want to get into that, Let's so Jeff, it. I, uh, I, I know your family has some gluten options, but uh, what about um, uh, what is it? Not gluten, but dairy, dairy, dairy issues. Uh, yes, I myself have some some minor dairy issues. Uh, as does one of my kids. So yeah. So, yeah, you know what? Coors Light might have a, an answer for all of your problems, Jeff. Out of all of the companies, Coors Light am I, am I gonna Am I going to pour a golden banquet over, or that's Miller, I guess. Like, uh, <laughs> am I going to pour a silver bullet over my breakfast cereal? Well, I mean, I do that, but I mean, yeah, I know. <laughs> Coors Light and cornflakes, well, like <laughs> it's. Hey, don't knock it till you try it. It's <laughs> it's fantastic. It's it's bubbly. It's crunchy. It's boozy. It's. I've great. tried it, and I'm going to knock it. <laughs> but Coors Molson Coors Company is going into the non-dairy milk business out of all things, and you can now get a barley, not a barley wine but a barley milk, a golden milk, essentially. I am intrigued, actually. So, yeah, this is this is coming out. This is all, all plant-based uh, barley milk. Uh, so, um, and actually... It's, and it's spent grains, too. It's not fresh barley. Yeah, it is and, barley that's already been used to produce beer being reconstituted as barley milk. So, uh, yeah, with that, it might be in a little bit of a lower price point because it's not fresh. Um, It's going to be a little bit more mass produced. Um, It's coming up pretty good. Uh, So far, um, what I heard is some early reviews on this was Reddit talking. So take that with a grain of salt because I didn't see any (laughs) picture with it. Um, Not half bad. Not half bad. A little darker looking, but not half bad. Um, kind of an odd thing for a beer company to get into, but they're like, hey, we probably got the product lying around. What are we going right. to do with it? You know, so kind of cool. Um, going off of that. Uh, what else we got? Because we got some time and we have other and more important things to talk to. Uh, <laughs> you just want to argue about Trek. I do. 
Exactly. Um, uh, yeah, Johnny Walker. They've been threatening this for years, but it looks like it may been. finally start making an appearance sometime in late 2022 or early 2023. That is a paper bottle for Johnny yep. Walker. Yeah, and this will be specifically for uh, the Black Series only. Um, and it is all recompost uh, uh, shredded pa- or shredded um, wood chips essentially so it is a special designed shredded wood chips and technically it's paper but uh yeah it'll be papers the broad broad definition yeah um so would this then considered then be casks aged not if it's (laughs) non-porous ah okay because these are likely coated in wax or some other sealant yeah some other food safe sealant. And so uh, could, I, could I then open it, put a flame through it, melt whatever's off and then reuse it. <laughs> I wouldn't. <laughs> no, <laughs> I'm just going to say, don't do that. Yeah. I know. I'm not even going to form an opinion on it. I don't know, I'm, I'm going to like trying to work. Okay. I am not a the. I will spend my money elsewhere just to try different things. I like I like the higher end Johnny Walkers, but it's like, um, if someone's if someone else bought it, I'll drink it. Um, once you get into a little bit of whiskeys and scotches and and bourbons and everything, like, yeah. you're like okay, Johnny Walkers, okay, yeah, it's good. Right. It's it's a great place to start. You know, like Johnny I, Walker I, tells you what you should be interested in in scotch. Yeah, if you and, if you like something about this, and how to branch can... out from there, right? Exactly. Uh, yeah, I gave people like John Walker Reds to be like, okay, learn off of this. And um, what was it? It was even the Johnny Walker Red. It was a version that they did for Game of Thrones. Oh yeah, the White Walker. The White Walker. That yeah. was it. Okay, this was not it bad. Was decent. Like, again, yeah. Again, yeah, you can learn stuff. It's just like, I think the name. For some reason, they they bump the value up like five bucks, <laughs> and it's just like, oh, it's Johnny Walker. Five well, HBO bucks, had to get their five bucks, so yeah, you know, and so it's like, ah, it's not really worth it. I'd, but at the same time, you go buy a cheap one, and you're like, well, it was cheap, but I kind of yeah. like finding those cheap ones and then being surprised about yeah. the cheap one. Yeah, uh, you know, so. But if you are in the market to where you're like, I'm tired of glass bottles, I'm tired of plastic bottles. Well, they only do glass. Um, but they are trying to be a little bit more green. That's the point of this. Yeah. So, uh, what is your, what is your go-to inexpensive scotch? Ooh, uh, actually it is, this is the thing I don't really, uh, I guess technically it'd be a good, the Glen Levin. Okay. Like a Glen Levin 12. Yeah. Be about 40 bucks. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Is okay. That, so that, but that's not inexpensive. Right. That's yeah. Like what I'm going to go to. Yeah. 40 like, is wanna... 40's pushing the inexpensive because that's, that's like the secondary market for like Jack Daniel single barrel. And like, yeah. like when you're getting into like the double the price of like a handle of Jack Daniels. Right. Yeah, so that's like when you ask for like, what's my cheap? It's like, well, because it don't go cheap. I'm not saying um, I go expensive, but right. Um, I will say at about twenty-five or so dollars, Monkey Shoulder makes a pretty decent scotch. Mm. Um, I will also say, don't turn your nose up just because a bottle says Doers on it. Now, 
Dewar's white label is the okay. scotch that you see at like every open bar. It's like, yeah. yeah, we had to have a scotch and this one was $17. The Dewar's 12 is okay, surprisingly were... good. Okay, because I've had the Dewar's white label. and was like, someone gave it to me. And so, or yeah. It was gifted to me. Yeah, no. Go check out the Dewar's 12 because you can pick it up for between like 27 and 30 bucks. Remarkably okay. good at that price point. Okay. For a 12-year scotch. Now, it's not a single malt. It's not a, like, it doesn't tick all the boxes that you would want it to check. But neither does Johnny 12, Walker. Yeah, and, it's probably 12 years blended, so it's fine. Right, it's 12 years blended. But it's honestly, blended. Blended fine. Uh, uh, a Dewar's 12, I actually like it a little bit better than, like, a Johnny Walker Black at 40 bucks, Or a Johnny Walker Red at, at 25 Like yeah. Like, it, it, it's interesting. Yeah, it was the doers were white. Yeah. Yeah. Just confirming. Yep. Because I almost bought that last week too. Because I was like, did I have this? I don't remember if I had this. Yep. <laughs> uh, we do have a couple super chats before we get too much further. Uh, yep. We've got Cosworth sent over $5. Thank you again, Thank you, sir. Mr. Cosworth. Uh, have you ever heard of Jupiter Broadcasting and or considered doing a collab with such? I ask since Redshirt Jeff has been known to hang out or to hang with such. Um, I've actually not heard of Jupiter Broadcasting. Um, I know of like Nebula and, and other, you know, subscription-based channels like that. Um, Curiosity Stream, etc. cetera. Uh, is Jupiter in the same ilk? Like, I'm assuming. <laughs> uh, but it could be. Uh, NetGuy says, members only jackets? Uh, yeah, craftcomputing.store. You can get a hoodie. <laughs> <laughs> hey, coming soon, coming very soon. Hops and Bruce shirts. Oh, snap. Oh, snap, everyone. You heard it now from That's me. Right. Get your orders in now. Coming yeah. soon. Uh, do you want not LTT.store to forward to that for a little while? <laughs> <laughs> By the way, not LTT.store, still live. So I haven't been DMCA'd yet, even though I keep spamming Linus with it. <laughs> Uh, Caleb, $4.99. Thank you very much, Caleb. Normalize sending super chats, subscribing to YouTube Premium, and Floatplane. I'm I'm here for it. If if you're here for it, I'm here for it. Um, Although getting on the Patreon only costs you a dollar. And and honestly, I get more out of Patreon than just about anything else. Uh, And trust me, you will too. Right. Uh, So minimum subscription of a dollar. You can certainly pay more. There is no limit to it. Uh, I charge per video, but it's so if you want to spend more than a dollar, you can spend more than a dollar. I, uh, so if I release eight videos, you can pay up to eight bucks or you can subscribe at like two or three or $5 per release, but you can also put a monthly cap on it. So the, the, the limit is entirely up to you, but $1 minimum gets you access to the discord server for the month. And you can chat with myself, John, Rhett, Steve, all the hosts from craft computing, talking heads and, uh, join the gosh almost 800 800 of us that that hang out over there and and when i say 800 i don't mean like there are 800 users who logged in once and there's like six people no i mean like no no we have we have over 500 active users oh yeah i know someone was uh like uh, (laughs) a a guy at my work who was like oh yeah there's this tech guy i follow his he's like 
I'm, I'm going to start helping him be a mod. And he's got like an active of like 200 users on his discord. I was like, hang on a second. That's cute. Holy, holy cow. We got like 500 right now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. If you show up on like an average Tuesday, there will be 500 people online. Yeah. <laughs> and, and in chat on some days. Um, it is crazy how busy and how big this discord server has gotten. Well, the nice part is too because it's not just the one section. Yeah. Is is you you can go to we have multiple channels, multiple sections within it. To that's probably going to fit your needs. So that's why we encourage you again a dollar a month minimum or whatever you encourage. You're probably going to find it. Try it for a month because you're going to go into it and be like, I like this room and I like this room and I like this room, and you can block all the other ones or mute them, whatever, however you want. But there's enough users that we have to where everything is active but not overwhelming to where you know you get you you do a conversation you're not just getting uh message over message over message conversation over conversation of some other form Mm -hmm. it is an active thing and so every user is engaged with every subject and then that also builds the community Mm -hmm. within there too um it's it's honestly a fantastic fantastic community and well respected everyone's like yeah i may not agree with your points on this computer part or car part again there's car stuff beer part food stuff it's respect it's it's, it's still like i'll argue with you but hey you we all like this and next and and it's all very a fantastic community yeah what do i get for sending one dollar to hops and brews uh less than you get for craft computing that's what i will say but but it touches my heart more. <laughs> For less than a dollar a day, you can keep John's fridge stocked. <laughs> In the arms <laughs> of an angel. <laughs> far away God, that's that's gonna be when I start a, when I start a Patreon. <laughs> that's gonna be the video I do. You For need to show like empty, decrepit fridges. <laughs> just do like black and white photos of of like mold ridden fridges all these fridges they like put this fridge that has bolt moldy beer in it yeah like, for less <laughs> no it's it's stuffed with bud <laughs> Coors bun yeah. yeah for less than a dollar a day this can turn into craft beer yeah. <laughs> and if it doesn't john will distill it into an amalgamation of hellspawn <laughs> the likes of which the world has never seen so in an attempt that. to stop him please donate to john's patreon <laughs> simply do- simply yeah. to keep that devil's brew away from any living being <laughs> that might be coming too soon i don't know i might think about that too i'm too busy to do that type of stuff <laughs> to, to, to do lives for patreons i should you know, we'll the Patreon is why I was able to quit my job. Like that's good point. Flat good point. Out. I, I I should I should. Did I something. have time? No. No. Did I make uh, time? Yes. Uh, all right. Do you want to go over the last two? Yes. Uh, so first off, Breath of the Wild, the way it was meant to be played. Always on the PC. If you've never played it on the PC, I recommend you do, so long as you own an original copy of the Breath of the Wild for either the Wii U or the Switch. Uh, Let's keep it legal, folks. Uh, But anyway, Breath of the Wild now has ray tracing. All right, look at that screenshot. Look at that. Oh, my God. 
That is. Oh my gosh. I am so going to be adding this onto my copy of Simu. Um, John, your camera died again. Um, oh I didn't do anything. I, oh, I, cl- I I moved a wire. Yeah. It's a uh, loose wire. Yeah. Who knows? Anyway. Uh, yeah. So go. Breath of the Wild is getting a full ray tracing update package for Simu. Um, and you can play this with one of the ROMs. Uh, we'll get John back eventually. Uh, and can I just say, holy crap, this thing is just freaking beautiful. Uh, like, I don't want to get copyright struck, so I'm just going to play like the half of the video. But, my God, this video is just gorgeous. Uh Texture-wise, lighting-wise, uh, it looks so good. It looks so, so good. And now John's back to ruin it all. Uh, so yeah, if you if you wanted to play Breath of the Wild on the PC, there's no better way to do it than on the PC. And if you wanted to play Breath of the Wild on PC, you might as well freaking ray trace it because when you die, you're going to regret the number of days you didn't have ray tracing in your life. At least if you've ever listened to Jensen. So, I mean, I mean, it looks fantastic. And um, actually, it's so funny. We, my son, is is extremely into uh, the well Zelda, but Link mm-hmm. specifically. But because uh, <coughs> he loved playing Breath of the Wild. Because what is it? So I got all the way to the end. My brother Mike borrowed my Switch. Ah, uh-huh. erased my game. <coughs> thinking oh it's saved somewhere and then my son was born and uh, then he, i didn't have time to play the switch and then i was like okay i'll play this again and he was like what is this <laughs> I, I i he spent three years like learning how to play breath of the wild and then i just for his fifth birthday mm-hmm. i bought him um skyward sword because it came out for the switch yeah you got skyward sword hd right and he was for the first couple months hated it because the controls were like completely different yeah what is this this is well this is not like breath you know uh breath of the wild and but we we finally got over at the hump and we just beat it last night nice and and so he was like yeah you know just like just going on we were up to like nine o'clock at night beating it for him and uh, and then he he's then he I tucked him in the bed. He's like, Dad, I want to watch Breath of the Wild two trailers. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good kid you got there, John. No, I know. He's like, well, he he even has um, uh, a master sword and shield. Actually, he has three. He he has three master swords, a uh, dark link sword. Um, he has a eighteen inch action figurine of Link. Um, so he and he his top blanket is a breath of the wild uh, throw cover blanket so he nice. loves his he loves his link uh, breath of the wild stuff um, but yeah so uh, uh, this would be pretty cool to see him or show him and be like oh let's play this again because the graphics are so cool because he's, he's actually really into oh that's so pretty looking and you know that's it's that's, that's very very cool looking um, yeah he, he always loves it when the um, not great divide um, um, calamity comes and yeah. the blood moon, the blood moon. Comes. Yeah. Blood moon rises. Yeah. Yeah. 
That's always fun. Um, uh, my oldest, she likes playing games, but she kind of limits herself to Minecraft and and Roblox and a and a couple very select others. Uh, she doesn't go outside the box much. Um, get it? <laughs> uh, but all the kids love watching me play other games and and breath oh, yeah. of the wild's one of their favorites to to sit down and watch and so maybe once a week we'll sit down here downstairs and and i'll just fire it up on the tv and and i'll run through a couple of shrines and and climb a mountain and surf down it or something like that oh yeah i mean we beat breath of the wild a long time ago but then he was like dad let's unlock everything you know and we we beat all of the um the cyclopses and the the what is what the rock creatures are called he knocks or no those are the cyclopses anyways um the the you know the the rock creatures oh yeah um, yeah yeah you know and got all the medals for that and got all of the unlockable things and downloaded the expansion pack and beat all the lionels and every every time what's so funny is my son loves being the bad guy which is so odd yeah when, when i'm playing he'll reenact the person I'm fighting. And so he'll be like, hang on, dad, I got to go get this specific sword and shield that I have that's upstairs. Now I'm a Lionel. Now go fight all the Lionels. <laughs> and then we have to clear the living room out. Go fight all the Lionels? Them. Are you kidding me, kid? No, oh, yeah, exactly, right? <laughs> um, and then so he'll... Uh, you realize I have seven hearts, right? <laughs> <laughs> he'll... He'll it will clear the living room and he'll let, you know stare at the TV and be like, okay, go fight him, and then I'm gonna mimic whatever they do on the TV, but down here, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know. That's funny. It's, yeah, it's pretty so I'll kill them and he'll just lie in the floor like, blah, I'm dead. I'm like, <laughs> all right, that's fun. Um, any game that I play, little bit likes to go. I'm the other guy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm and essentially it. if i'm playing if i'm playing like nba jam on my arcade she goes which ones are you well i'm the black and red well i'm the white team yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah no he he cheers when i die I'm yeah like, buddy you asked me to play this game and beat it it's like yes but i'm happy you died <laughs> yeah yeah I'm like, what <laughs> yeah she she is my my eternal antagonist it's it's hilarious <laughs> uh <laughs> no matter who i am what i am she's always the opposition i know yeah. it's so much fun uh anyway one last quick gaming note and that is that finally we have some actual substantial possibly plausible rumors of red dead redemption not redemption yeah red dead redemption 2 but red dead redemption getting a remake for both PC and next-gen console, as well as an RDR2 next-gen release, because we knew it was probably going to happen anyway. Uh, but the original game came very late in the Xbox 360 and PlayStation 4 console lifespan. Um, it definitely deserves some next-gen love. And I would love to see this running on the full Red Dead Redemption 2 engine, maybe have some of the playability uh, enhancements that went along with that game. But just to go back through that story again and have it run faster than 20 frames per second, God, that would be so much fun. Oh, That's yeah, all I want. Yeah, 
you know, the only thing the only thing I complain about, and this is similar with um, Skyward Sword, is when doing that, they still charge you for that AAA brand new title cost. You know, it's still that sixty dollars. Link's Awakening. Yeah, it's like, oh my gosh, you're kidding me. Twenty, you know, twenty bucks would be great. Twenty five. Twenty nine ninety nine at the most, you know, whatever. That was not a sixty dollar game. It was cute. It's not. Yeah, it, it's just like, but what? What are you? Are you kidding me? And then, yeah. Similar with this, it was like, I'm. This would be fantastic, but I'm betting they're gonna if when this comes out, sixty dollars. You know, and it's like, do you really want to pay sixty dollars to relive that? Yes. Exactly. That's exactly it. Yes, it's going to be a Christmas present, you know, (laughs) or a birthday present. My my problem is that Rockstar has such a great history with releases. Um, It's kind of hard. Well, if you don't count GTA 4, they have such a great history of stable, scalable, well done releases. It's kind of hard to stack the deck against them or to count against them. Uh, gosh, sorry. Uh, like, the last two PC games, GTA Five and Red Dead Redemption 2, are freaking masterworks. They are de facto benchmark titles because they are so good and so, so stable. Yeah, the hiccups are here. Sorry. Uh <laughs> They are so stable and so good and so scalable for so many variants of hardware. Um, And inside of that, they're freaking good games. So it's kind of hard to say, no, I'm not going to spend $60 on a Red Dead Redemption remake because I totally freaking would. Again, yeah, it's it's a great game that uh again for a lot of people too holds a lot of great memory memories i remember this coming out and like you said it was is the end of, of the console times it was a huge deal it was a huge deal people played this game differently than a lot of most console games i i knew people that played this just to play poker on it they were like i i was halfway through again i just want to play poker yep. i literally go on this just to play poker because it was so fun. Uh, this is very similar to me to when I think the last time I was on, we were talking about the new Monkey Island. I was like, I will go play old old uh, LucasArts games yeah. just because I have nostalgia for them. And this is a game like that for people on consoles. And to have a remastered version is great, but I still just, please, 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 please do not make it AAA title cost. It is a old triple a title game if 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 40 bucks 39.99 would be great if for 60 dollars you get both games remastered i'm in oh okay see there you go there you go that's fine because that's a if it's 40 dollars for one or 60 for both i'm in 40 bucks is fine 40 bucks is fine that's a great that's a totally i can understand the the theoretical 20 dollar boost for remasterization, that's acceptable. I yep. just hate seeing that $69, $60, you know, again, when I when I go to buy the remastered version of a Switch game that was originally on a Wii, I'm like, what? What do you why are you why are you why are when you I, when, 
when I see the Mario collection, uh, Mario All Stars Two, yeah. with Mario sixty four, Super Mario Sunshine, and Super Mario Galaxy, and it's literally just direct ports with no enhancements, with no enhanced graphics, Nothing. and it's sixty dollars. And it's sixty dollars. That's not a sixty dollar title. Uh, no. Link's Awakening was not a sixty dollar title. You wrote the game thirty years ago. Yes, you you prettied up the graphics, but the mechanics and gameplay and, and all of the storyboarding was already done for you. Like, there's nothing else to do other than yeah, make the engine and play it. And you didn't add anything to it of like, oh, here's a new adventure. Like, I can understand that. Like, there's not oh. 12 new dungeons. There's not a we got off exactly, the island yeah. and, here, and here's something else. It was literally what a AAA mobile game was in 1994. Exactly. And what a AAA mobile game was in 1994 was a whole bunch of horse crap. <laughs> Like, it's a good game. I don't want to fault Link's Awakening. But it was not a $60 AAA title in 2019. No. So. Yeah. Agree. I think I think we're on the same page here. Yep. A great game. Um, just please, please, please don't be $60. Yep. Essentially. Um, okay. Okay. I know we will. All right. So theoretically, theoretically, Talking Heads is now over. <laughs> <laughs> you're you gonna make me continue with these hiccups holy crap i'm well, I'm gonna use it as a segue to get people to get on the patreon we can get, i mean you're gonna mute me again <laughs> probably you're gonna behave hey i behave <laughs> you gotta give me equal time you muted me you got 10 minutes and you gave me like three <laughs> well you wouldn't shut up you, I, you got 10 minutes i got three Rev and everyone else talking over me does not count as my time. It does if they all disagree with you. <laughs> no, it because they're they're obviously deaf and don't understand culture. Um, we can't. I will go. Sorry, Rev. Um, let's we, let's do this. Um, yeah. I have not watched the second episode of oh, Strange New Worlds oh, yet. Oh, okay. I kind of want to talk about the first episode. Oh, about like expectations so let's do okay. that really quick all right, um all right. i went into strange new worlds going i don't need another prequel like i i don't need like like we got discovery oh let, let's even like this goes beyond discovery my distaste distaste in general for prequels Enter enterprise enterprise going like Star Trek, the original Star Trek, was supposed to be written about the USS Enterprise, and the pilot episode was about Pike and dying, and then Kirk took over command of the Enterprise, and they were supposedly the first deep space, long-term exploratory five-year mission to explore brave new, you know, strange new worlds, seek out, you know, um, new life and new civilizations. Um, and then it's like, well, 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 no, we had other shorter term, long term, long range missions that also lasted five years. But but don't worry, Enterprise was still special. No, if you're saying that another ship literally named the Enterprise prototype went out and had a five year mission of its own to seek out new worlds and new civilizations and then the Enterprise is no longer special. Yeah. And and it's like I don't need 
I don't need that. I don't need a prequel to rewrite history that's been done. And then freaking Discovery comes out and goes, no, 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 we were before them even. <laughs> well, I Oh, mean, and after, and during, and after again, and then before well, again, and then during again. I, I, get, I get your point, yeah. I'm not, I'm not going to justify Enterprise. I am not going to get into that. Uh, I have my huge clips. Uh, yeah, so... I think they got better, but yes, I totally agree with you. All prequels totally diss on the idea of the original series. Yes. Because that was the idea was this is the first we're now going to explore the galaxy. Long-term deep space mission. It was the very first supposedly. Supposedly. Uh, And um, so uh, back to discovery. Um, Back to Strange oh, no, New sorry, Worlds. Sorry, not discovered the, the Strange New Worlds um, because, well, it kind of connects to Discovery. So I guess that that was my expectations going into it because these characters were introduced in Discovery. Yes. And honestly, I thought the first two episodes, I don't know if you watched season two of them in it, were kind. they did like one or two episodic uh, episodes with the Christopher Pike and Spock, the new Spock which I have an issue with that, but that's different. Um, Yeah. He's getting married. Yeah. Whatever. Oh, my God. I was talking to Steve about this yesterday. Um, And those were the better episodes in season two of Discovery. Mm -hmm. The first episode of season one of Discovery was good. Honestly, it was good. I, I I cannot. It felt like Trek. I had I had problems, little tiny problems, but overall, felt like Trek. Yeah. It, it felt like a it felt like an episode of Trek. I thought it was well done. I thought they were like introducing all of the characters very well. Um, I, they technically. I, I actually don't really know because there's the Kelvin timeline. Introduce some characters, possibly at a wrong time point. This is OG not, timeline. Yeah. So as I'm I understand. Really, yeah, I'm not going to quip about Uhura being there, you know. Uhura's a cadet. Yeah, so it's like, she's I'm not, not going to like... Yeah, I, she's I, not I don't, fully I, enlisted and commissioned yet. I, I don't I don't quite know how... Because they never explained that in the TOS, so it's totally fine. Right. And they've only talked about it in the Kelvin timeline. Um, so I, I'm fine with it. I'm totally fine with it. Um, uh, it, it really felt like they, they went to this planet to go rescue one of their crews, and uh, the crew was captured by this developing warp um planet the planet you know basically the thing of earth contact. in 2050 yeah like world war three <laughs> era earth uh yeah the whole um uh what is it ds9 uh wars um yeah. uh what, what was that one where they traveled back in time uh, well that was the uh the bell riots bell riots thank you yeah we're, we're, we're supposed to assume you know it's around that time frame maybe just before the bell riots yeah Essentially, even though nowadays we're coming right up to it. <laughs> um, uh, but yeah, and so this, they kind of say, it's like, oh, they're, they're, they're a warp-capable um, planet. 
and I thought they did an interesting twist that was very good. Honestly, I really thought the, the, the twist was a very good twist, was that they took an aspect of Discovery Season 2 at the end of it. Here's a little spoiler because it's been out for two years, so I don't think it's much of a spoiler. Um, they have to do this massive explosion and big thing that a lot of planets can see with minimal technology. God damn it. <laughs> Sorry. It's fine. And then, therefore, this planet was able to, with their technology, re-evaluate, uh, re-reconstruct um, uh, warp technology, but into a bomb instead of a new instead of a, a warp-capable engine. They made a warp-capable bomb. Yes. And and therefore, the Federation recognized, oh, there's a warp signature. Let's go make first contact like we always do, uh, right. just like in first contact with the Vulcans and everything like that. And they find out, no, they don't have a spaceship. This is the very hostile species. They have a warp-capable bomb. I they have a warp-capable bomb because Discovery screwed up and the yeah. entire battle with Discovery and going back in time and there's like a time fracture within that sector was visible to this species and they figured out, they reverse engineered how to develop a a warp drive, but turned it instead of for exploration into a weapon of mass destruction, which is totally a viable thing that a warp engine could be turned into. Think of a uh, warp uh, core breach. Like yeah. you're, you're not far off. Uh, no. So I loved the first episode of Strange New Worlds uh, and the the angle that it took on on first contact. And, you know, uh, apparently they're going to rename it the Prime Directive. Oh, that's never going to catch on. Uh, the, the humor in this was good, too. That was the, that was another thing. I, right? liked. I liked the actor's chemistry and there was just enough humor. It felt, I, dare I say, almost Riker-esque humor. yeah. You know, yeah. it, it, it it wasn't over the top. I'm trying to say a joke. No, it's, right. it's that subtle being suave. This is or stupid. And it, then, it was Riker putting a party hat on Worf. It, yeah, it was that exactly. level of suave. Like, you know, it's ridiculous, but he's so damn suave. You just can't look away. Like, did you see Anson's hair? Holy crap. Yeah, <laughs> it, it, it was. Oh, yeah. Uh, all, all of these characters so far, everything I'm liking about it. I think you'll like episode two. I think there's, it still follows it. And what I've already so far liked is it's episodic, but it's character building too. Mm -hmm. And so uh, episode two builds on Ohura, and but it, it still plays on an aspect of, you know, hey, we're still new to all of this. Mm -hmm. Way better than discovery type things. Way better than... I think what it is, is for whatever reason, Discovery kind of went for like, yeah, we, we have all this technology and uh, let's kind of bypass the universal translator and, and yeah, everything like that. I, I didn't you, like, yeah. And I didn't like that. And this is like, we're still advanced, but we still have limitations because we're finding new species. So we don't know what they're saying. So we need a person, a linguistics person we have a universal translator, but it's limited. I like that. You know, there's there's an issue there. Um, uh, I I what I also do like is they still pay a bit of homage 
to certain things in Trek. Like uh, <laughs> um, I pointed out on Twitter, I think after episode one, I liked the fact that the muscle bodysuits came back. Yes. It's <laughs> like everyone's wearing shoulder pads. Wesley Crusher's going, see, see? <laughs> exactly. It's like everyone's like, wow, everyone's really buff <laughs> you know and then and then all these characters all like google them like oh yeah they don't look like that it's like I, you can totally wear their they're wearing shoulder pads i like that certain aspects of the background of the enterprise still pays homage to the original tos uh which i do like and then they try to expand like that nah, technically you know they're limited so we're expanding upon that. So I, I really like some of that stuff. You know, yeah. there's there's little replicators, little computer-esque things you can still mm -hmm. see around. Um, instead of just Discovery. In, in Discovery, there's 3D models like, you know, um, uh, Iron Man would be using, Tony Stark would be using. It's like, no. And in, in, so far in the first two episodes, every, there's some manual levers still being pulled. Which <laughs> I like. I like, like exactly. I, said, I like that. I, I had so many problems with Discovery trying to get into it. I've only seen the first four episodes of Discovery, and it and, gets worse. And I know it gets worse, and and I saw it getting worse. And as a Star Trek fan, I went, you know what? I just don't want a part of this. It's not that I don't recognize Discovery as canon because it is. I didn't write it. I don't have rights to the direction of Star Trek, but Star Trek Discovery is canon. It doesn't mean I have to be a fan of Discovery to still like Star Trek as a whole. Yeah. Um, I understand things that Discovery did took place in other series to, you know, have implications for other timeline events. Um, I still respect that, but I don't have to watch it and be like, oh, I love every single minute of this yeah. because well, I... I'm a fan of Star Trek. Yeah. It doesn't have to work like that. Well, that's why I like season three because of Discovery, because they jump so far into the future. I'm like, okay, this can explain away everything else now that they're going to do because they're a thousand years in the future. Okay, great. I'm fine. You know, whatever. Yeah. There's an upgrade to everything. But when you're 18 years prior to TOS and you have holographic movement computers you know you're like oh let's take a look at this map yeah you know zoom in I'm like i don't i don't like that but but see uh, i i i will take the they didn't have the technology to show that in camera on screen in 1966 and so through the mind's eye you have to reimagine technology if you're going to go back and explore that day like i get it i get it um what I will say is when you start inventing technology that we've never seen in any canon Trek ever, and you go, oh, yeah, we've always had this. Yes. It's like, no, you haven't. <laughs> well, that's the thing. I, I, I would totally be fine with like... And if sequel is still around in the 2300s, I think every IT guy oh, should just commit we... suicide now. No. Or maybe no, that's what happened. No, 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 no. We still have a job. We're going to live forever, Jeff. Yeah, but we there's no a... such thing as money anymore. We have a purpose. What? Yeah, whoa, but whoa, 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 whoa! There is still dilithium. Uh, um, uh, what is it? Um, latinum. Latinum. It's the Federation that is, we are just not part of the Federation. Yeah. <laughs> latinum is king, baby. We I'm working for own, the Cardassians now. We like, have our own moons, baby. Yeah. 
<laughs> Keeping up with the Cardassians. Like we're, we're all about that. <laughs> now that would be a great, I would, how, how, how much of a suing thing. Um, but I, I like, uh, like you said though, if, if like, um, discovery used a scanner and they used like, you know, a Spock had to use the goggles or, or that visor thing to scan things. And they showed an updated graphic of that. I'd be fine with that because, oh, it's still a physical prop, but it's better represented because of the technology. I have no Represented. Re- representation, sorry, uh, of the screen <laughs> that he would be looking through. Yes, it's not a 8-bit, um, what is it, uh, asteroids scanner yeah. looking thing. Yeah. Uh, but there's that still that I physically need to manually look through this visor for the scanner. Yeah. That's what I, I don't like that. Like you said, there's this magical tech that all of a sudden is just available. Yeah. You know, and then it's just floating around. Now with Discovery Season 3, it's like, oh, we're in a thousand years past even Picard. I understand that. Okay, sure. Whatever. That works for me. I don't care. You know, because we don't know. This is untrained territory. So with this strange new world, what I even like is is even in the first episode, there's like even the shuttlecraft that came to pick up Commander Pike or mm-hmm. Captain Pike. Yeah. They made it look like a modern day version of the old yeah. um, shuttles. And I was like, this is great. I, I, under- I get what yeah, they're going th- they for. Weren't, it's not a- they weren't picking him up in a Delta Flyer. Which is yeah. my problem with a lot of Discovery was it was so sleek and modern. And it's like, no, no, no. We need to be like Deco 60s. Like, like because that yeah. was the style in TOS. And if you want to be canon, you need to be stylistic to the day. And push buttons and levers and knobs and Uhura with like, you know. With the, the earpiece. Not even an earpiece. Like, like put or a giant something. muff on her. Like, yeah. Um, yeah. So... But yeah, I, I like what they did because then what they ended up doing with like say the that shuttle, they chromed it out and they made the nacelles pop more. But it was still the same. They elongated it a little bit, but it was still the basic box with a point. You know, it was some a bunch of ninety degree angles essentially. And I was like, that's great. I like this. This is this is fantastic. Um, I, I really like that too. They kind of made him try to be, uh, at least from my perspective, almost look like a, uh, seem like a Kirk aspect person. Um, here's a bit of a spoiler. Uh, um, Pike knows he's going to die. And, or this accident's going to happen. So if you've ever watched TOS, yeah. um, Pike does Please appear. use the beeps. Yeah, exactly. The beeps. And um, in season two, he under uh, what is happening is he goes to this stupid Klingon thing, but whatever. <laughs> um, oh my gosh! Oh um, but he he basically sees a vision of himself going into that. Yeah. And I do like this aspect because they're saying, well, this is actually going to be like 15 years from now. Right. Hey. Okay. Great. That's 15 years of adventure. How does he deal with this? You know. Spock is very young person, doesn't know what he's doing. Um, oh, Ohura is a as a cadet, um, supposedly. Um, uh, I was uh, Kirk's father. Is is I like the end of this one. 
it was Kirk's father shows up. And so we know he dies Mm -hmm. eventually within this next 15 years. uh, No, that was Kirk's brother. Was it? That was Sam Kirk. Oh, Sam. Yeah. His older brother. Yeah. Older brother. Yeah. So, so, but there is a, which T Kirk does show up. Right. James T. Kirk shows up eventually and does later command the Enterprise. But this is Samuel Kirk, uh, who, as you might remember, was just William Shatner with a fake mustache. Yeah. So that's canon. It is. It is. It was like one quick scene, too. And I think that's a good place to end because we could talk all all night. But we could. But we're going to talk the rest of the night anyway. But you'll have to join the Patreon to find out what we're talking about. Below. Follow the link down in the video description. Get exclusive access to the Discord server. Talk with myself, John, Rhett, Steve, all the hosts from Talking Heads, and keep the conversation going with the awesome community that hangs out over there. Specifically on Wednesday nights, we can when you can video chat with all of us live in the after party. Make sure to like this video if you liked it. Subscribe to Craft Computing if you haven't done so already. Subscribe to Hops and Brews if you like the beer content on this channel, as there's a lot more of it over there. Uh, John, anything to, uh, I, I was going to release my, my 46 day beer diet release today. And I, as I was going through it to do the final, I forgot I've one montage. So hopefully it'll be out tomorrow. Awesome. Can't wait to see it. Honestly, <laughs> that's going to be fun. It It's going to be long. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it, it's multiple parts. So I'm going to split it up into parts. Okay. You're going to be one of those YouTubers now. I'm going to have to be. First (laughs) rendition. I've done, I am on cut three, Uh hour, 12 minutes. That's cut three. John, I have multiple videos, well over 30. I know I have a 46 minute on there. That's just a tutorial. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. And that's the thing. So like, I'm thinking I'm going to cut it down one more time and split that into two. And then do like an extended director's cut and just be like, I here's know the whole thing. Gonna, yeah. Here's the whole thing, you know, like all the stuff that I'm probably repeated three times. Yeah. You know, but here you go. Yep. Uh, hour and a half long. Nice. So anyway, thank you all so much for watching. This is episode 235 of Talking Heads here on Craft Computing every Wednesday night at 8 p.m. Pacific time. And as always, we will see you next week. See you guys. Cheers, everyone. Out.